talking about last time the concept of the, that the fight between type and is between people. People are representing type, people are representing rat. And just like you have two armies, it might be the frontline soldiers who are fighting, but in each case, it's the force behind them, the country behind them, which is providing with them with the ammunition, with the uh, ability, equipment, whatever it's going to be. It's the same thing over here. Something over here that the Merkava, the Tumor, provides those people who want to fight for the side of Tumor with the claim that they need to be successful. And what the claim they need to be successful? The claim they need to be successful are power, are force, are wealth, money, whatever it's going to be, because that's what makes them into leaders, that's what makes people follow them, that's uh, what makes their opinion something which is respected. Or, if we're talking about people who are going to physically do, do bad things, then it gives them the, the ability to do it. And that's what Gemara already says, On the post the Gemara says, Which means a person who isn't stammer Russia. We have to understand this. There are some people who are shown in their own right. They want to have live a life of Hifkeris. They want to uh, do what they follow the Yitzharim. Somebody like that is a Russian in his own right. He's not playing a part really so much in uh, the Sultan's plan for the world. He's not a soldier of the Sultan. He's not trying to help the Sultan particularly. He wants to help himself. He's doing a various, he'll get punished for them. But that's not something which is necessarily fighting on behalf of the Merkava the Tumma. Whereas you have people who want to fight for Rat. Whether it's the, the, the Beshitta, they have whatever bad Shitta they have, they want to impress on the world and get accepted that a various should be made Mutter which is like a lot of people today who that's the way they're fighting for Iran. Or alternatively, people are trying to attack Israel, Yisrael, which means they're fighting against Torah. They're trying to destroy the terror, they're trying to destroy the Jewish people. Either way around, those, those are the certain soldiers. Because that's working not just for themselves, that's something which is someone's working to, uh, to tip the balance in the world, to make something which is also into something which is more widespread, more commonly done, or... To make something which is good into something which is looked down on or is destroyed or is, or is uh, become made, make, make something good into an enemy. People that have a shitter, that they're looking to, to fight for such a cause, okay, those are the soldiers of the Sultan. That's what he looks for. Because that's promoting his agenda, not just for themselves, but for everybody. And therefore, if the Sultan has the ability to give people... Uh, endless resources of cash or power or whatever it's going to be, he will, because that's, that's how he can help them, so to speak, work for him. Which is why what the Chazal say is 100% true. Besides the fact, historically, uh, those countries who had a shitter against the Torah became, in their term, dominant countries in the world. But even besides that, movements, which are movements of the Sultan, if you can call it in those words, have always been extremely well-funded, extremely powerful, I mean, they say, and Ali the richest, most powerful organization in the world, is the Catholic Church. And that was for sure, for hundreds of years, that was a, the Sultan's instrument, either to, to fight Klai Yisrael or to promote bad, whatever it's going to be. And today, well, maybe that's not the agenda so much of the world, and the Sultan now works more with the various liberalisms that try to promote to every issue in the world. Again, resources, power, politics, money, they have it all. The Sultan invests in what he wants, what he wants people to do wrong. When we talk about, and this is what we got to last time, when we talk about people who are fighting, so to speak, on the side of Kedusha, 
we spoke last time and we said that the the fact of Kedusha is always the same. As we find to keep the Torah mitzvahs, we find to bring the world to the recognition of Hashem, it's always the same. The Satan can change tactics the whole time. Because from his point of view, anything which is against that is good. He's, he wins. So he can sometimes come from one side, from a different side, depending which, which way he's, he wants to, so to speak, which, which angle he's going to support. If in any direction it's going to be, he's, it's, uh, he'll win. Because it's always uh, increasing the amount of Ra in the world. Increasing his influence in the world. We have to fight on all the different fronts. We have to fight against every single different uh, direction that the Chassan can come from. So if it's going to be fighting against people who try to destroy Yiddishkeit, so then that's the fights against that. And if it's people who are going to be material serum, then the fights against that. And if it's people who want to accept the desire, the fights against that. And the people who deny that Hashem exists, then the fights against that. In other words, the Satan has lots of different angles to come from. And either way he wins, because any, any side which is against the Emes and against the Torah is increasing the wrath. We're always defending ourselves from every different angle they could be, because... We're always standing for the same thing. We're always defending Torah, defending the Amis. And what tools do we have? Because if you see those people, and then again, here they're the same definite the Chiluk. They're those people who, Tzadikim in their own right. They want to do the right thing, they want to do mitzvahs, they want to overcome their own bad mitzvahs, and it's good, and they'll get rewarded for that. But it's not the same thing as a person who's trying to, so to speak, attack in the world. Take on everything and try and fix the world. It's not the same as a person who has a campaign to try and and and, uh, and change the world or fight the Satan. Okay, so people like that, that they want to make it their mission and they're going out to, so to speak, to fight for the Tzad of Kedusha. So HaKadosh Baruch gives them the tools they need for that. But those tools aren't wealth and they aren't power and there aren't political influence. Because if you look, who were our soldiers, so to speak, for Tov? Talk about Rechaim Kanievsky, Rechaim Einstein, Levi Yoshev, Rav Shach, Chaznish, whoever you want to say, Moshe Feinstein, none of them were wealthy. None of them had any political influence. None of them had an army, or any other kind of power. So what kind of did they have? If you, if you, if, if you would talk about Zelo or Maseh, and then in every Dar, let's say you have the Rosh of the Dar and the Tzadik of the Dar. And if you think about it, the Rosh of the Dar, well, he has power, he has money, unlimited, he has influence, he has army sometimes. And the Tzadik Adar is none of those things. So what tool does he have? Well, what does the Tzad of Kedusha give uh, the person who's willing to fight for Kedusha? What's his arsenal? What does he have to, to fight with? So here we have to understand a deep point. But before that, let's ask a question. It's not because Chas Shalem, the Tzad of Kedusha can't provide the same. If the Sultan has access to money and to power and to influence, then of course HaKadosh Baruch Hu does. It doesn't even need to be said. It's partial. And therefore, if it, were, if it was needed or it would be helpful to, for the Tzadik to have that same resources and that same influence and that same power, of course HaKadosh Baruch Hu can provide with, with the same. And if that's the case, if that's not what HaKadosh Baruch Hu provides Tzadikim with, to fight, the understanding is it's not what they need. They don't need it. We're not going to try and fight a, a, a war of equal strength in numbers or in artillery or in money or whatever it's going to be. That's not the way that we fight them and that's not the way to win them. Which is why that's not something which the Kayach uh, Kedusha needs to provide, so to speak, its representatives with to fight the Ra. 
So what, what does it give us? So let's ask that question first. Where does the sun get some resources from? The sultan can't create things. Only Hashem is a creator. And if the sultan is willing to give the people who follow him such tremendous uh, success, power, ability, where does he get it from? Where does he get it from? And not only that, the Gemara points us out. The Gemara says that Sunday is here, Russia. The Gemara in the Russia is successful. And he wins. And he gets, and everything he does is Matzlechim. And the Gemara says, don't start up with him. Why? Because you see, it's all the success. And what does it mean? It means the Sultan is busy pumping him. The Sultan is giving him everything. So it's not good to start with him. He has a Koyach behind him. Where does the Sultan get it from? And let's make it a practical shayla. Let's talk about some of our, the biggest to show. Hitler of He didn't deserve it. And he had tremendous power. Kida, he never won an election. He, he, took the, he took over Germany by force. But when he did, he had supports of millions of people. He had the power that the whole world was scared of him. Where does the Sultan get such a resource from? The Sultan can't create it. The Sultan can't create it. And same thing, let's go back to the church. So much power, so much influence, so much money. It didn't, there is shame. There is shame to run through. And the whole, the whole mission in the world was to either destroy the Jews, fight the Jews, present an alternative to the MS. So where do they get some of the resources from? Answers from the Sultan. Where did he get it from? So the Yisrael is like this. The Yisrael is like this. And that is, we mentioned before in a different context, but the principle is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu never gives anything to the Ra. The only way the Ra gets anything is what people give the Ra. In other words, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives people life and they misuse that life, that means they're using it for Ra, they're giving, the, they're giving that to the Ra. If Hashem gives people money and they use it for bad things, they're giving that to the Ra. If a, whatever Hashem gives to people and they're now going to use wrong, it means they're giving that to, to the Sultan. And now, you can use the Koyach he's been given, you can choose how to invest it. And therefore, if there are enough people doing the wrong thing, so then he gains from that, and now he can, so to speak, give them back whatever they've given him, so he can apportion it how he wants to. Which means that the Koyach of the Ra, which he gives, is better, it's a circular, it's a circular story. It starts off with what people do wrong and give him, and now that he's gotten so much, he can now give it back to them to do more Ra. It's a circular story. That's where the Ra gets us from, that's how he uses it. Like we said, when it comes to the Koyach so then that comes directly from the, the Merkav of Kedusha. Because the Prophet is willing to give to, 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 uh, to Tzadikim. Yeah. Let me jump in again. When we get the Koyach of, of, of all that good, and then we use it for Ra, we give it to the Satan. Right. But aren't we keeping it for ourselves by using it? Like, I get all that money, so I'm using that million dollars that I use for whatever I am. How's the Satan getting it? I'm using it. If I use things badly, so then the Koyach goes to him. Let's talk about life first. It's not better. Hashem gives a person life. He could use, spend his life doing mitzvahs. He could spend his life doing the various. Now, it would, which, let's say in different words. Dahainu. Life is a commodity that I can invest. Whatever I spend to, to choose to spend the time doing. Because the time is gone. So if I invest in the time doing, I have now invested time my, my life. I learned the whole day today. I invested a day of my life in terror. I'll, I'll get rewarded for that one day. But I invested the time of my life in terror. And if a person decides to spend the day doing a virus, 
So now I've invested a day of my life in Aver. So now, where did the Koyach of Rav go to? It's gone. The day is finished. It went to the Aver. That's what I invested in. What I spent the time doing is what I invested that time of life in. And therefore, he's got that. And if you have millions of people doing Averis, then they're all investing time with it. So he has a huge bank, a huge bank of time, which people are giving him life. That's just one example. So instead of going into my positive bank, bank account at Ayala Haba, it goes into, it's a Sutton's bank account right. in whatever. Right. And what you do with good, then you invest it in the Tzad of Kedusha. In other words, besides the value, I'll get rewarded for it. But the time I spent doing mitzvahs, so I've, I've invested that time in the Tzad of Kedusha in the world. Because I'm just confused, though. There's, there's, there's my own investment, and then there's... Right, there's two separate tracks. There's your personal investment, what you're going to get rewarded and punished for, right. and there's how the change is the balance in the world. Ah, so, so it's really... It's really it's really two investments. It's, it's really two. The, my own personal investment for, for, for good and, and then the, the investment that I put 100%. in the world. 100%. And let me give you an example. It's not hard to understand. If I have a million dollars, so I choose, I can invest it in this bank, I can invest it in that bank, I can invest it in the third bank. Now, it's my money. I can put it in the bank and so they'll keep the money for me. But the bank has more money too now. The which bank I put it in. So if, if I'm, what I do for myself is, is, is my credit of Mitzvah's or where am I investing if I'm doing mitzvah, so okay, I've invested it in, in taif. So now the taif has more strength. And I've invested it in the sun. Right, there's a passage in Mishnah that says this. It says, That you're going to give your life to the Akhzari. And the Akhzari, the cruel one, is uh, the Satan. Because his other name is the Malachim Which means, Ba'atsim, he takes people's lives. That's what he wants to do. Because then he has time. He gets that time. Because that's where the, the Ra gets its kayak from. And now, like in a bank, if you've done a lot of people invest in the bank, the bank has a lot of resources. And now the bank chooses where to invest. And exactly the same thing is happening here in a spiritual sense. And that is a Rishayim who are investing in the Satan, they're giving him a lot of resources, and then he can choose who he wants to invest those resources in. So he's going to find the Russia that, uh, that wants to do bad, and he's going to, oh, I'm going to invest in them because they're going to do more bad. And that's why Dafka, the. the the Meitzah Yisrael, the person who has the intentions of fighting Kai Yisrael or promoting Ra, Ra, is going to be successful. He's going to be successful because the Sultan has a lot of, like I said, investments deposited in him. He needs a place to put them. So he looks at people like that. That's that, that, that's someone who's fighting for his campaign. So of course he's going to give them. Okay, so that's what we understood. The first point. Now, now let's talk about what you asked before. What does the Tzad Kedusha give? Let's think about it a second. What resources do, does a Godel have? Like we said, it's not money and it's not power and it's not politics. What, what resources does a Godel have? Well, number one, the respect that people recognize his godless material. The fact that he has a certain amount of Ruach uh, HaKodesh and you can, can see that we're head to Godless. The fact that maybe his Baruch HaSlam is Kabbal or his Tfilis work. What else does a Godel have to offer? What else does a person go to Godel for? For bracha, for advice, for direction. Why does that become something which has that koyach, which can gives, which can balance, so to speak, the koyach which Ra gives its, its adherents, its, its, its uh, ambassadors? So there's a very important uh, Gemara on this topic. We have to understand the Gemara. The Gemara is Gemara Megida. On the part, the Gemara is explaining the pasuk in the time. The pasuk says, "Va'af kamzos biyosim ve'aretzivin." With all of this, when they were in the lands of the enemies, you know, it's after we've gotten the Kala and the enemies have the upper hand and they're ruling over us, and therefore the Torahs will be talking about Ra has the upper hand. Ra is successful and it's, it's ruling the world. 
We're going to be in Goddess, we're going to be scattered, we're going to be under the dominion, under the power of some other some other nation, some other koch. Says the Pasuk. Hashem says, even though they're in the case of the enemies, they haven't despised them, but don't reject them, to destroy them, to annul my covenant with them. Which means, the covenant with Hashem still stands, even when we're in Goddess. And the Gemara points out that there's four different expressions in the process. Four different expressions. And the Gemara says, it's connected, obviously, the four Malchis. The four Malchis. So how did Hashem not reject us, and not despise us, and not cancel the bridge with us in the, when we were in the Malchus of Babel, or Paras, or Adam, or whoever it's going to be? So the Gemara says like this. Number one, Lema'astim means we may Babel. Why? How was Hashem not Ma'as us? Because she married him Daniel. We had Daniel. Daniel was a tzaddik, Daniel was a novi. In Babel, we had Daniel. We like Altim, in the May Praras, Mordechai Vesta. In the Chalaisam, in the May Yavon, Different Nishas, either it was a Shemazman Shimon Atzadik or Matasio Banov. Lafi Brisi, some Bimei Remi, Shemaritim and Bais Rebi. Rebi was Nasi in the family of Rebi, the family of the Nasi. And what's it mean to me? Well, how does that show that Hashem didn't reject us or didn't despise us or anything else? And why were those the examples given? So there's a biggest side over here. Let's first talk about Daniel, because he's the first one. There's a biggest side. And that is. Let's look for a second, maybe it's not so well known, the story of Daniel Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel was one of the captives who was brought as a young boy to Babel. Nebuchadnezzar's first time he came to Shalim, which was years before the Chorban, so he took captives back with him, and the Pasuk says he took, among the captives he took were the sons of the princes of Yehuda. He took the kids as basically hostages. And one of those children he took back to Babel with him was Daniel. So Nebuchadnezzar was the king, the emperor, he was older. Daniel was a child. Daniel, those, 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 as was the custom then, they wanted to make sure that the country wouldn't rebel. So they would take the children of the kings as hostages. And that's why you rebel, will kill your kids. It was Yidra in the olden times, we found it lots of times. We find the, the children of the hostages and other kings. So Daniel was one of those hostages. He was taken to Baba as a child, to make sure that Yehuda wouldn't rebel against Nebuchadnezzar. So he grew up in the palace. You in the palace as the captive, as the hostage. Nebuchadnezzar is the emperor. And now what happens? It gets to a stage where Nebuchadnezzar sees that Daniel has Zerach HaKadosh. You can interpret his dreams, you can tell him what's going to happen, you can, whatever it is. Now remember, the position, again, I'm saying it again because it's important. Nebuchadnezzar is a world emperor. One of the people the Gemara says is Malik Bekipa. Extremely, extremely powerful. If all the resources in the world, he was the rat. And if the Sultan is promoting somebody in that door, the Sultan is promoting Nebuchadnezzar. He was, gave him everything. He was successful, he killed, he destroyed the old Kemet, he destroyed the Vesel Mikdash. He was, he was there, and he was being promoted by the Sultan, who gave him all the Koyachan that there was possible to get. Daniel was a boy, a captive, who was in his palace, but he started to see Daniel's Rechakodesh. And when he needs something, Daniel can answer him. So this is what the Gemara says. As a result, Nebuchadnezzar bowed down to him and wanted to make Daniel into a god. Nebuchadnezzar Pasuk. 
that the Gemara says that years later, when the Chanetza built this huge statue, which he wanted everyone to bow down to, and we know there were three Jews, Hanani, Mishal, Vazari, who didn't. Where was Daniel? So the Gemara said Daniel ran away. He didn't want to be there. Why not? Because he said, if I get thrown into fire, I'm, I'm going to get burnt. Why? Because the Pasuk says, that the idols of the going get burnt in fire, and I'm Nebuchadnezzar's idol. He worships me. So I don't want to be there because I'm going to, I'm, I must be the end of being burnt as a, as a, as a Nebuchadnezzar. Now I don't understand that. Here you have a world powerful emperor who has everything and he bows down and deifies his own captive boy. How does it make sense? What did Daniel have? What did Daniel have that Nebuchadnezzar didn't have? That Nebuchadnezzar worships Daniel? If you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. That's our first example. Let's look at our next example. Alexander the Great. And he was called the Great. He was, again, super powerful, super successful. He had the whole world under his grip. And he comes to Eretz Israel, Kirutza Tekaver Eretz Israel, the head of an army which no one resisted. You couldn't fight with him. And he meets Shimon Atzarek, the Kohen Gadol. And Nebuchadnezzar, what well, is Shimon Atzarek? He was a Kohen Gadol. He was a Tzarek. He didn't come with an army because he didn't have an army. But they meet, and, and, and Alexander the Great gets off his chariot and bows under Shimon Atzarek. And his generals ask him, What in the world are you doing? You're the world famous emperor, you're bowing down to an old Jew. What's wrong with you? Well, what made him bow down? What made him submit himself like that? What did Shimon Atzarek have that he didn't? He was way more powerful, he was way more rich, he was the head of a huge army. Why would he bow down to Shimon Atzarek? Let's go to the next example. Let's go to the next example. Shalbais Rebbe. Again, Rebbe and Antoninus. Antoninus was the Roman emperor. Today we don't have a concept of an emperor and we don't have an idea what the Roman Empire meant. It meant all the power in the world. Rome conquered everything. It was the Malik Bekeper. And again, they were, the, they were the tool of the Satan in that time. They gave them everything. They had power, they had fought, uh, tremendous wealth, they had tremendous success. The Roman emperor was the man on top of the world. More than anywhere today, because today there's no one emperor that rules the world. There are lots of different competing heads of state. But when there was a Roman emperor, there, there was no one fighting Rome. Rome was, Rome was world powerful. And the Roman emperor was on top of it. He was the, the, the emperor. And Antoninus comes to Rebbe to ask advice. He wants to serve Rebbe. He wants to put on his shoes, the Gemara said. And Rebbe told him, it's love, arach, arach. That's not really the right thing for an emperor to come and put my shoes on for me. And he says, I want to do it. Allow me to serve you. What caused Antoninus? What did Rebbe have? Rebbe was living in a time when Judea captured. The Jewish people had been captured. The Basimish had been destroyed. The whole of Yehuda had been ruined after Beitar. There was nothing. There were a few scattered people in the cities of the Galil. That's all. They had no power. They had no strength. They had no resources. And yet, the Roman emperor, Bechoy wanted to put on Rebbe's shoes for him. What did they have? In all these cases, what did they have? What did they have that made the person who was the symbol of Ra, the, the man who was given all the Kayach by the Sultan to be his, his leader, so to speak, in this world, and yet they meet the Tzadik Kadar and they, they humble themselves. They bow down. What causes it? Sorry? Paras Fashat. 
the you see that when the Melech recognizes the Malachi is, he gives him everything. Whatever he wants. Malachi never does. It's everything, whatever he wants, that's what happens. Malachi is the man. What, what did he have? He didn't, he didn't have anything. He had a fetal million. But Elachashvayrish was Malach Bekita. 127 countries, he was, he, he, he could, what, say, what the king says gets done. And yet, what, what happened? What happened? Now, we're not talking about somebody like us who appreciates the, the mind of a little bit there. We're talking about a Nebuchadnezzar who's a Russia through and through. We're talking about Alexander the Great who wasn't a big tzaddik. We're talking about people in that world. It's like, if you want to give it a the just to give an idea what it must have been. Imagine a meeting between Stalin and Chavetz Chaim. And imagine if had that met in Stalin when it's in Chavetz Chaim, taken off his cap and barely got down all knee. What would you think of such a thing? Stalin's the ultimate Russia. He's running an empire of riches. His, his whole communism is there to fight terror and to fight Timun and to fight belief in Hashem. And he meets a tzaddik and then with all his forces and all his power, imagine you bend down to, to somebody like Chavetz Chaim. There's nothing. An old man, a big time. It's exactly the same thing. They never met, but it's exactly the same thing. Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel wasn't different to Stalin and the Chavetz Chaim. It's the same balance of power. So how do you understand it? So, the Yisrael, and this is the Yisrael you wanted to get. That's the Lema'asli, In every goddess, however powerful the goddess is, and however strong the rule of the, of the Ra is, I didn't forget La Yisrael. Why? He gave us a leader who's stronger. And therefore, whenever they came into con- contact with each other, the head of Ra and the head of Toif, you see, the head of Rakapitulet. Whenever we find a, a meeting point between the two, the head of the Rakapitulet. And I can give you more examples also. I gave you the examples the Gemara gives. But I'll give you more examples. The, the time when Rabbi Yechem ben Zakeh meets Vespasian. Vespasian was the super general of Rome. He just became the emperor. But Rabbi Yechem ben Zakeh helped him. So, whatever you want, I'll give you. He expected him. He let him go free. Whatever you ask for, I'll give you as well. And uh, one example. And times after that also, when you find that there was the, the, the meeting between the two generals, the head of the Ra, the head of the Taif, you see, whenever they met each other, the Ra gave in. What Koyach and Gevet we asked you for? The, the Sultan gave the Koyach Ra everything. Everything. And that it wasn't strong enough to stand up to the Koyach Tov. When the two meet, Tov always won. Why? What did the Koyach Tov give? That was, in every, single, in every single meeting point between the two, you see that that's that Ki'ilu, the Tzara Tov, Overpowered the Ra. How does it make sense to us? And when it didn't, there were times when it didn't, but then we know it was a special Xer. And that was the Xer of Sarah Rogamalchus. The Xer of Sarah Rogamalchus was ten times when we had leaders of Klai Yisrael who met the who met the Roman emperor, whatever it was, Hadrian, and then he killed them. And then they said, it doesn't make sense. So Rabbi Yishmael, the king went to ask, and he was told, this is Xer in Hashemayim. It shouldn't be like that. There's a reason for it. But uh, without that, the way it's always meant to be is that when the two meet each other, what's the secret of the type? What koyach does the type give? And the answer is like this. And it's a posik. We all know the posik. Eile barechev, eile basusim, anachno b'shem Hashem lekeinu naskim. 
They can come with tanks and they can come with planes, they can come with horses and chariots, depending on which door you're living in. We have one thing. And that is, it's clear Hashem is with us. And as strong as the Ra is going to be, it doesn't overcome the feeling that Hashem is here. That's more powerful than anything else. That's more powerful than anything else. And therefore, it's Hashem is going We just have to mention Hashem's name. The Tzadik is somebody who you can see he's representing Hashem. You can see he's representing Hashem. And therefore, that's something which has tremendous power. More than anything else the Ra can give. More than anything else the Ra can give. The fact that the Tzadik represents Hashem, that comes with the Kaich. And even the Rasha can feel that. This person is representing Hashem. And if that's the case, connect that next to that Kaich, I'm nothing. That's a superpower. That's something which is stronger than anything the Ra has. And therefore, that's all the Tzadik needs. The fact that that Hakadosh Baruch is with me, and that's something which is tangible, something which is the, the, can be felt, even by a big Russia. Well, I can't fight that. That's a different league. That's something which is uh, the, the impact. The force is so strong that even the big Rishayim, who were big Rishayim, they bowed down to it. They they, they couldn't. They couldn't. They, they, that's not something that was in their ability to fight. That's all the Torah needs to do. It doesn't need to give you anything more. The Tzadat Torah needs to give one thing. You have, you're representing Hashem. You're, and it's impossible. possible. When the Goyim see that Hashem is with you, then they're afraid of you. You don't need to do anything else. I said it before, I'll tell you again, the famous story of the Vilna God. At one time, he was framed, and uh, the Goyish court of Vilna had decided to put him on trial. The guy wasn't interested. So he sent his Talmudim to try and like, discuss with the court. The kids said they weren't, the, the judges weren't interested. So eventually the guy had to come to court himself. And having heard all the accusations against him, so the guy walks into the court. The judges look at him. I say, so he's, he's, he's innocent. Okay. So Talmudim asked him, like, what happened? You didn't say a word. So the guy said, the past success. The Yoruko army of Eskishemashim, the Kranakal Yorumeko. Just see Shem Hashem with somebody, they're afraid. There's nothing more to say. Uh, and they might be the judges and they have the police force and they're powerful, they're representing the Tsar of Russia, it doesn't make a difference. Connected, when you see somebody who has Shem Hashem on him, they can't stand up to that. There's something which is stronger than anything they have. Now, a person has to be zechut to that. A person who's, who, who's working as the representative of Taif, as he's working as Shem's ambassador in this world, all he needs is that, that, that card. I represent Hashem. I'm Hashem's ambassador, that gives more koyach than anything else. Nothing in the world can stand up to that, that, that sense of fear that, that this person represents Hashem. You can't fight that. The biggest rush in the world can't fight it. He senses that something stronger than him. And with this, we started this fight a few weeks ago. We're talking about the Golos, Sarabatevis, and Islamic speaks Pasha, and also speaks Pasha. And the first time asked the question let's talk about Pari. Pari was a powerful person. Pari was the top of one of the biggest empires in the world. And he had absolute power. He could do what he liked. And he decided to enslave Israel, and Israel became slaves. And if he decides to kill 150 children a day to bath in the blood, no one's going to stop him. Pari's word is law. And he has a powerful force behind him. The Egyptian army, they, they listened to anything he said. And yet, and then Mephosh asked the question, Moshe and I are walking to the palace, and they threaten him. This is going to happen to you. Okay. And they walk out. And they come back the next time. And the didn't listen. This is going to happen to you. Think, where are you? You're a king. Just take your guards and put them in jail. You know, these people are disturbing Yemen Valayla. 
They keep threatening you with more and more things. They keep causing you tsarists and causing the kingdom tsarists. Kill them. What's stopping you? You have a force. You have soldiers. They just walk in and out to Paris with permission, without permission, whatever they like. Pyro, where are you? We're talking about a king here. And we're talking about a king who has absolute power. Why don't you do anything? Why don't you do anything? And then he begs Moshe, please, Moshe, do this. Please, Moshe, let's no, negotiate. Please, listen. Why don't you just exercise law? I mean, just, enough. You, you, you give, give me enough, Taurus. No, off with your head and we're done with this. You didn't even try. And what's the reason? Let's see, it. Because Shem Hashem Hashem told Moshe that. He said, I'm going to go with you. And if that's the case, Pyro, with all his armies and with all his power and with everything he had, but Hashem is coming with him, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. It's too strong. And therefore, all Pyro can do is send the like a and accept the punishment and beg Moshe to take it away when he can't take it anymore. That's the Kayach of it. All that's all the Torah needs to do. Just like a Moshe, he was the leader that Hashem sent, connected the leader of the Ra, which was Pyro. Moshe did anything. Go with your stick. You don't need an army, and you don't need money, and you don't need a force. One thing. Hashem says, I'm going with you. And that's more powerful than anything. And now it's moving on to the last stage. We talk about the time in Melech Mashiach will come. And it says that all the, all the kings will bow down to him. All the kings are like, what's Melech Mashiach going to have? What's he going to have going for him? He's going to raise an army of millions. He's going to develop some new software which is going to make him the billionaire of the world. No, none of that. He doesn't need it. One thing he needs, and that's the past success. It's Pashat. Hashem will be with him. And if that's the case, all the kings will bow down their faces to you. They feel that something way more powerful than them. There's someone who comes with Hashem, someone who has that, 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 that it's tangible on them, that Kaddish Baruch is with them, there's no false law that can stand up to them. The kings are going to come to serve you. Just like Nebuchadnezzar did Daniel. Just like Antoninus did Rebbe. When... When, when that's felt on somebody, that's Shem Hashem Nikra Alecha, that's felt on somebody that he's coming with Shem Hashem, that's a force that nothing can, nothing can contain with. That's, that's what the Kayach Yudosh always has. Sometimes to a greater degree, sometimes to a smaller degree. But whatever it is, whatever leader it's going to be in Kayach his power is that Hashem is with him. His power is that Hashem is with him, and that's all he needs. That's stronger than anything else in the world. And that's what the Pasuk says. That, I never lost Yisrael. And even in times of goddess, whoever the leader was, Hashem was with him, and that, that meant that the Goyish king could kill millions of other Jews. But he couldn't touch them. He couldn't touch the representative of Hashem. Parai could decree what he liked and kill Yisrael. But Hashem was with Moshe Ben, he couldn't touch Moshe. And Nebuchadnezzar killed millions of Jews. He couldn't touch Daniel. When it's Nikah that's saying to somebody, that's too strong. The Rakhans end up to that. Like I said, that was by every case and every goddess. And the Asadavah as well. The Asadavah as well, when Mashiach will come, the force that Mashiach will have is the same force. That people will recognize, the whole world will recognize. They can't do anything to him. They can't even try. So let's so finish the discussion. We spoke about the, the balance of power in the world. We spoke about the fight that there is between Tov and Ra. We spoke about the Ra has Koyach and he uses his Koyach. Now I said, what's the koyach that the tzayv has against that? A koyach which is far superior to anything at the Rakh and Akhla. Not many may have any armies, not many may have any millions, not much have any strength. It doesn't match the koyach that tzayv can give, which is one thing. With all that, why? Because Hashem is Shia. 
When Hashem is there, that's a force which nothing else can compare to. That's held from the big picture.